Uh, welcome everyone. Good afternoon. Let's start with here. Um, uh, welcome to our uh, MFI series. Uh, this is the second uh, edition we're bringing uh, Mr. Harsh Srivastava, uh, CEO and Finn, uh, as uh, part of our uh, um, expert series on uh, MFI. Uh, let me start off with uh, a brief introduction on Harsh. Um, so, Harsh Srivastava uh, uh, is the current CEO of uh, Ampton. Um, he is around 25 years uh, of experience uh, in advising businesses and governments. Uh, before uh, joining as a CEO, he was head of corporate affairs uh, at the Back Infra and uh, was previously part of India's planning commission where he was a consultant managing the process of making India's 12th brand. And quite interestingly, he served uh, on uh, Mr. Vajpayee's uh, uh, personal staff as his deputy speechwriter. Um, he, he brings uh, uh, with him huge amounts of uh, uh, policy experience and has been involved in multiple uh, working groups constituted by the Government of India, uh, which is actually evaluating changes to the MSME Act. Uh, um, more recently, he is also on the board of the Mudra Bank, which is uh, right in the midst of what's going on over the last couple of uh, years and also chairs the South Asian uh, Micro Entrepreneurs uh, Network. He's a MBA from IIM Ahmedabad uh, of the 1995 class. Uh, so with that introduction, uh, I'd like to welcome Mr. Hirsch, Hirsch to our discussion today. Hello, sir. Uh, good afternoon, Karthik. Thank you for the really long introduction and saying so many nice things about me. Uh, really, those are all in the past. The important thing is that today and in the coming weeks and months, what each, you know, what the microfinance can do, and you know, and what what your suggestions also analysts should be, and what we can help you to you know understand the sector better. Yeah, so, uh, I'm happy to be here, uh, all of you, and uh, some of you I may have spoken earlier. Uh, you know, on the that obviously times have moved on in the last uh, you know three four weeks. Since, um, earlier accounts, first the moratorium has been extended, which is uh, causing some challenges. Uh, first, it's challenges to borrowers, challenges to locals, challenges of the politicians saying that now you have to pay back your interest. Um, then there is the next challenge of the continuing challenge of liquidity because um, some banks had obviously given some uh, back moratorium, but not all had given. And they have to apply a fresh now for the June, July, August, September. The TLTRO money is having come, and there are other challenges. Some abidance of the money, of course, has come to the bigger MSIs. That's the second uh, thing that I would think that we should address. And third, of course, is this challenge of, you know, um, sort of sending your, connect with your uh, customers still, because all of them will, you know, uh, believe that they don't have to pay back for a long time, yet the medium and smaller units for the larger companies would be sort of not desperate, but want to make corrections as, you know, to the extent they can, by, of course, convincing their customers that it's ultimately that this moratorium has a cost. And uh, lastly, you know, uh, is it at all, is there a way that they can start dispersing again, at least the uh, clients who paid up, you know, because once you start dispersing, then you are able to make a case that you are, you know, helping, you know, the rural economy restart India, etc. But if you are only out to collect, you know, then you are losing the sort of political high ground. So these are the many challenges that MSIs are going to face in the next three months, which is different from the last three months that there was a lockdown, there was no moratorium, there was nothing happening. Now things are happening, but not actually happening in the uh, most preferred way for uh, NSI. Right. Uh, so thanks for the for that introductory context as to where we are. So I I actually want to draw from your uh, uh, experience of the last three years, and in fact uh, uh, the the role that the probably the most important aspect of your role. And if I've heard you speak in one of the Eastern MFI conferences around December, where uh, you were actually quite vocal, uh, advocate about building political capital for the sector. And I guess what our audience would really be interested uh, is that, is there any legislative change that is necessary actually to protect the sector? Because uh, our impression has been that now that RBI is regulating MFIs, uh, there should not be any confusion, but somehow... Uh, the interference uh, from political quarters continues to, uh, you know, uh, hamper the sector. So, what is the big legislative change that is necessary, according to you? 
So there is no legislative change that the union government should do, but what happens is that state governments sometimes threaten to bring laws as it happened in Assam late last year until February this year. Of course, they haven't bought out of this law, but they threaten to bring one capping in test you know, uh, in number of MFI for operating. So the um, microfinance does not mean now legislation. There was many years ago idea for microfinance bill, but never happened in parliament. Uh, what has microfinance means is uniform regulation because microfinance, your MBFC MFIs are only 32% of the market. The larger players are banks and small finance banks and BSC. So how do you provide a level playing field and regulatory equivalent and still protect the interests of customers? No, uh, that is the other challenge. So political capital needs to be, so one is you don't need a law, but you ask an interesting question of how do you build up political capital? Um, so what Infinite channel which is written to all the chief ministers of state. Normally we write to the secretaries and chief secretaries and principal secretary finance, explaining what the value of microfinance in their own state. And saying that as, uh, and we are happy as the economy restarts, microfinance is ready to contribute to support the borrowers in helping them giving them the capital to rebuild their businesses and livelihoods. So we have reached out to chief ministers. Uh, for the first time, because whatever issues and challenges we face is not in the government of India, it's in each and every state government which may face. So we are there to explain to them what this is all about, how we are strictly following RBI rules and moratorium, etc. And we are to even, uh, and we are here to help the rural economy of their state do better. For hmm. attempt to build political capital. And so sometimes it is actually important to realize that uh, it is the bureaucracy and the district administration which is actually permanent and they're the ones yeah. uh, whom you'll have to finally make peace with and you know work together for a longer period of time. So from that uh, perspective, uh, what has been the role of MPIN to really ensure that the district administration, the uh, local bureaucracy understands this difference between uh, money lenders and MFI? Because I, uh, from what I understand, the as some situation, while leverage is obviously one asset, had a huge element of complaints against people borrowing 100, uh, charging 100% and 120%, which obviously is happening at a informal level. So there is a lot of mix-up which, which all of this is causing, uh, impacting the microfinance space uh, because of this. So for district administration, this time uh, it was 399 district collectors, the corporate the chief minister and chief secretary, explaining what microfinance is, how it is bound by RBI rules, how, you know, we have, um, uh, and we will need to be in the field, you know, because they are the ones who get the complaints that they are asking for trouble. So we need to be in the field to be able to get that consent form from our borrowers. And each of our borrowers need to be explained the consequences of taking a moratorium. And we were asking them to you know, sign on a consent so that they are understood this and yet they are taking a moratorium. No, they are op, no, opting into the moratorium or they are opting out. So this is uh, to facilitate this process. We are within the to 399 districts. And uh, in certain districts we are having meetings also. Where they look not just a district collector, but there is an LD and you know, and there is some bank head and they are trying to explain what this is all about. So, uh, so the outreach to district, the proactive outreach to district will also take place by instance. So moving on to the second point which you sort of mentioned about liquidity. So uh, one thing that is becoming more evident is that despite the government, the RTI efforts to, you know, supply liquidity to the uh, sector, banks clearly seem to be reluctant, which sort of makes us as external participants conclude that they are actually doubting the solvency of all these smaller uh, MSIs. So when you actually interact with some of the bankers, uh, from from that perspective, uh, uh, how long, uh, uh, so, uh, what, do you, what do you think will make bankers sort of losing the first thing? And what do you think they're looking uh, for as a data point to really get comfort and uh, and then start uh, some disbursement? Uh, so, bank saying disbursement is one thing, but bank is giving a moratorium to the existing borrower is the most useful direct thing they could do. And some banks, of course, started doing it after a great time, but many haven't, including Sadly, Sindhi, and Ranabad, 
they haven't given the moratorium. The B and Mudra are of course giving some additional funds to enterprise under the RBI's relief package. What banks Ensign does not negotiate with banks, so doesn't talk to banks. Of course, a member company will do it, so I wouldn't uh, be able to say uh, what it is. But the best way I would portray it if I was in CFO and MFI, when you have to A, we have an impeccable track record, even during demonetization period. We have survived many, you know, local disasters, so we are resilient, and we have continued to. B, uh, second point one is that. Second, that in this wave market, you know, there are still the only industry that is still probably going to see some positive growth. Every other sector is in, you know, negative. So why would a bank make no sense to lend to an airline or to a hotel or a hotel chain or any other sort of things that are badly affected? So where is still the sector that is reasonably there? And the third is that the interest rates that banks get to by lending to us, you know, it's fairly comfortable plus they get priority sector lending. So we are not only a growing sector, a resilient sector. But we are also profitable sector for the um, banks to lend. And the, uh, the last point is that if a bank, um, if the bank refuses to lend or refuses to extend a bank to that moratorium, uh, if that company that enterprise holds us you know, and goes bust, then obviously that bank will um, lose all its money. But more importantly, the loss of one enterprise operations in the field. And they no the longer have the staff to collect and stuff like that. Can send the wrong message to other borrowers in the same mistake because almost every borrower has a loan from more than one enterprise. If only one enterprise is not collecting because only the company done with it, they would, uh, others will also feel bad. So there may be a kind of contagion effect, but it can cause ripples to other, uh, you know, companies as well. So, you know, if any bank, um, the bank actions or commissions are, you know, uh, shut down of two or three MFIs, it will cause more challenges to the other borrowers in turn, who will also face challenges and who in turn will be even more troublesome to other banks, including their own. So every large bank would have lent to one very big company, one two small medium companies, perhaps one small company. And if they you know, tighten the screws in the small and medium, they will cause a ripple effect everywhere else. So these are the four points I as a CFO would have made to a bank by today. How successful I am depends on my relationship with them, depends on the bank's risk appetite, depends on so many other things. But it's possible, and that's why some MFIs have got, you know, moratoriums and loans, even a bargain in the But as I said, this is a bigger player. The ones who are well rated, who have been around for 5, 7, 8, 10 years, who are getting to borrow larger sums. That's why Nabar made a point to compliment Nabar that they haven't given any moratorium to their own members. They said that when we are lending money under the RBI's dispensation to big NFIs, we expect big NFIs to online 10% of that to smaller NFIs. Uh, and so, uh, more recently, uh, let's say over the last two to three weeks, uh, we've actually heard several of the larger NFI players talk about elections actually improving um, to as high as 50%, 60%, and some even 70% levels. Uh, how, how realistic is this number, sir? I mean, is this the right reflection of the situation on the ground, or is it just a mere statistical data point at this point of time uh, to generally comfort investors? So, my thing is that it is, election uh, will not have been very good. I cannot believe that in, in April there have been zero, in May there would have been you know, some 10-15% as the offices reopened. And in June there will be obviously 25% to take across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, it cannot be that, you know, with such an extended moratorium, with the fact that the coronavirus is spreading in rural areas, with the fact that all the migrants have gone into the additional migrants will come, that is always a little extra. Not that people are starving, but... Some migrants who come to the village would have added that extra, which would have made the life of them and anti-finance more long between the camp. So, uh, in uh, all of these cases, when things are not so great yet, uh, I cannot believe anyone, you know, it would be difficult to say they have 50% connection across the board. Uh-huh. You would have, uh, but collections cannot be, you know, uh, yes, so this, in the month of June, they may certainly be well in 20-25%, in the month of July, they may be so. 
realistically by September they will hit 50 and it's not more than 50%. But at least I say, you know, it's now okay. And especially when the staff are also facing challenges, you know, uh, how would they be able to go to all the, you know, villages and the villages will be scared, you know, keep, you know, give us the cash. You know, they will still be going out to talk about ki moratorium ka ye hai, ke paide hai, ke nahi paide hai, don't do this. So it will be difficult um, to account for so much across the industry. It's obviously better than May. And May was obviously better than April, there is nothing happening. And July will get better. Obviously August too. So if I were to say it go from 10% to say 20% to 30% to 40% in August, then September it will be 55-60% and start with December and January it will be back to 98-99% of the thing. So does this mean, sir, that for some of the larger players who, ha- who do have the liquidity, uh, because they probably would have shown some willingness to actually disburse some top of loans, uh, those players might have actually seen a higher collection numbers uh, uh, immediately. And, and then there is a long tail, uh, smaller players, 100 crores, 500 crores uh, uh, book sizes, where uh, which are not able to disperse, that is where uh, the, the cash numbers could be substantially low. Is that a fair conclusion? No, I do not see. There is no connection between dispersal and liquidity and collection. Collection is depends on your matters in the field, how your you know, borrowers are, what is their condition, what is your staff condition, what permissions do they have to go out and you know, uh, you know, uh, meet people. Uh, disbursement, of course, depends on your liquidity. So, obviously, the, uh, you will disperse only to those who are paying you back. I mean, if the baby is not paying you back for three months or four months, seven months, and then you disperse any fresh loan or any top of loan to her. Hmm. So, um, so disbursement will be linked to collection, but it is not linked to size. At least collection is not linked to size. You know, the challenges in, in a particular village uh, will be the same for a medium company or a large company. Yes, right. the large company, if it has taken the effort in the previous years to build a very good relationship with its borrowers, you know, when they had trouble in the earlier time, for instance, it gave them the you know, freedom and freedom to reach after a couple of months, so then they will remember this. Then they have to prioritize. If I was a borrower, I never taken more than one loan, which many borrowers have, then I would prioritize the company that was nicer to me. Yes. Because interest rate doesn't make much difference. They're not letting me say, okay, who is, I will pay the fellow back who's charging me 21 percent. And I won't pay the fellow back to charge him 22 and a half percent. You will not get into such details unlikely to. Okay. So, yes, the companies that have invested in better communication, for better in better staff training, better, you know, uh, support to the staff, you know, they invest, the staff, if they better supported, got, you know, all the healthcare insurance and things, they are more willing to then converse with the borrower and spend time with her and explain to her, if you can't give their full, April, May, June, July, August interest payment. You need to give two months interest payment, you know, to work out, you know, not, your installment will not work. So, whatever. But all that requires a motivated staff and a customer who has been receptive, which means that even before this, you have built a good connection with the customer. Therefore, she is receptive to listen to your new pitch. Yeah. And, and so, uh, that brings us uh, to one of the, one of the initiators, uh, of the microfinance sector, which is the code for responsible lending, which was spoken about through uh, the last six, uh, six months. Sure. Um, and in fact, it, it, it asks or it limits uh, the signatories of this code to a certain uh, number of loans and a certain uh, outstanding, etc. Now, my question, and this is something that I keep wondering, is would in a situation like this, where uh, there could be additional demand for a top of loan. Uh, would this not handicap the people who have actually been signatories of this uh, code uh, compared to others who haven't? No, it wouldn't. Because even today, the average loan is only 32,000 rupees. So even the signatories, the, um, there are the code for responsible lending, say that not more than three lenders to a single borrower. So if you take an average of 32,000, suppose there have already been 396,000, but the maximum you can any lender can lend is 1,25,000 now. There is still headway to lend another 10,000, 5,000 rupees more. And until now, we are assuming that all the people have taken the loan on the same day and all are with the maximum principal in zero interest. Some have taken loan six months back, some have taken eight months back, so she would have paid some of the interest. 
Nobody would be able to such a distinct it would be, you know, uh, the total principle of standing is 96,000. Loss standing for even if maybe a three borrowers in that, it will be whatever, 85,000 or something, initially three borrowers. So there's always headway within that 1.25 lakh to make her know if you think you're going to get it back. Because you should only be making the disbursement loan uh, or this emergency loan only to that customer whom you think you say, you know, she is going to pay back automatically the earlier loan, whichever that amount is there, depending on the fresh loan. Understood, sir. Uh, and, and the last one from my end before we open up. Yesterday we had uh, Mr. Sanjay Sinha actually, we hosted him uh, as, as a first speaker. And he exactly uh, made a very interesting point with respect to the maximum impact of a political intervention or a political event for the sector is typically six months before the state election. And as it happens uh, uh, in the state of Bihar and West Bengal, I think a couple of the eastern states, we are uh, likely to head into uh, probably a very uh, uh, a vitriolic uh, um, election season over the next uh, uh, 12, 12 months ago. Uh, so in that, in that in state, state, you're right. Huh? You're correct. In Bihar, in Bengal, in particular in Bengal, also Bihar, there are elections due and then this can be a flashpoint because there are microfinance. And now we see so many millions of borrowers in Bihar and Ubi, West Bengal. Hmm. It becomes a political issue. So my no longer below the radar. How are you preparing, what are the precautions that you're taking to try to ensure that there won't be a state-wide problem and according to your judgment currently is what are the what are the signs that we ought to look for uh, as external participants to really make a judgment whether this is going to blow out of proportions or not. So really you have to be checking the local television channels because it all come in local, you know, some oh MFI Walone Asikya or Asikya, you know. Um, and of course uh, the Interesting thing, the branch is always bought by MFI, but also the biggest share of the banks and small finance banks, but they will also fare the branch. If only uh, politicians, the local politicians stop paying your installment, then you will also stop paying to Bangar. You will also stop paying to Jana, you will also stop, apart from stopping paying to Kitsangana or whatever. So, um, so, first is that the uh, signpost should be if there is increased coverage in local newspaper channels and local newspapers about microfinance companies charging an automated interest and forcing their borrowers to pay even these tough times, etc. That comes one. And then, of course, there are some questions in the assembly and similarity, what is the government doing about this? Uh, in Bihar, we are a bit more uh, sort of uh, confident because the Bihar government has understood microfinance. There was a conference last year with the deputy minister of Bihar and on your microfinance of the government and everything was coordinating all the papers and situation. So, we've uh, uh, at least the current party in power understands microfinance and the contribution to Bihar, the police have been sensitized, the DC police is also going to be paying. And because it is part of the ruling coalition and the ruling coalition also understands microfinance, right for the first time, the government of India has some street vendors being able to do microfinance for their reason. Of course, the government also expects the microfinance has given loan to anybody and everybody who asks. Uh, 10,000 rupees. So, that's a different point that nobody has a target. But the government understands microfinance. In Bengal, yes, it can be a challenge because Bengal is also not right, but there in Bengal, frankly, I would sort of trust the fact that Bandhan, who is the biggest player, will do whatever it needs to do to ensure that nothing happens in Bengal. And Bandhan is a member of Bengal, Bandhan is a member of Indian. And Bengal is its own small little association, but it is Bandhan basically. So, you know, we have to sort of assume that Mr. Ghosh should do whatever he needs to do, you know, to ensure that nothing goes wrong in Bengal. Uh, however, in Assam, of course, he did face challenges. You know, he thinks in Assam, Bandung was singled out uh, for all the uh, problems. And many people did say they are specific to Bandung, despite Mr. Ghosh being on the Economic Advisory Council of Assam and so on. But at the end of it, nothing much happened in Assam also, right? After all the hue and cry and shouting and yekar and yekar and yekar Shocker thing you need to print, etc. Nothing happened. So between all entrance lobbying and between all the other lobbying we did and the press conference we did and the organization we did, and somewhere Bandhan Makhlev also had spoken to, who are to be spoken to. Right? So let's assume that in Bengal, when there are even more to at stake, 
sort of uh, interest, same interest to watch. Right. And uh, thanks for that. And my second question, Harsh, uh, thank you again, is on production efficiency because uh, I think a number of us on this call have been on, on, on several calls over the last few weeks with banks and BFCs, uh, parties. The annual view is uh, quite different from, I think, what you've been saying on production efficiency, which I think the numbers we've heard is uh, in the range of 40 to 50, something in the 60s, uh, in that sector of some of these calls as well. So, as a case, uh, on the bridge between what you're saying and what, what a lot of the industry participants are saying, uh, both standalone MSIs and banks, uh, our sense was that the industry average is somewhere in the, as I said, 40 to 50, but yours, you seem to be saying it's... I, I'm not sure, you see. I mean, no, now in June will be better, it will be 25, there will be more. You know, so, and obviously in July will be 30, 35, and 40, 15, August, cross 15, August, but uh, in September. But it is really tough. I mean, you know, the, everybody is aware of the moratorium. Everybody is aware that, you know, and uh, it's also in a group. So one lady pays, the other don't pay. You know, uh, also, uh, what is happening is, is now that, you know, we've in fact mentioned issue the standard communication for the field service, please go and explain the cost and benefit of the moratorium. Mm-hmm to people this way. So this is how the interest rate will change, this amount more they'll have to pay if they take this you know, month for the And therefore convince people that you may as well repay some of the amount you can pay. See, it's unlikely that everybody will have paid all their complete installments for say March, April, May, June. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you would be able to convince some cases because it's not the pressure, the reserve is not be something to reduce. So mm-hmm. in June the collection efficiency will be certainly better than May. Because everybody would have met their customers and explained to them in a clear language, it's the same language, nobody is trying to change the language. So these are the pros and cons of taking notice. But on the other hand, you know, um, given the rising such as instances of COVID, you know, people are actually going out to meet. And also because, you know, people are going to push back if they think they're being unnecessarily harassed. So you write this preventive letter to the district directors and to the, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, chief minister no less. But if there is a distinct in the family, there is the argument of the moment, you know, master the action are it. So the question really is to explain, no, but the interest is not being done. And you said the interest would not make sense for you to pay now. But will happen. So obviously the interest in the collection efficiency will go up. But for anyone to have said in May, they were collecting 50% of what they to collect, you know, in the month of May, principal plus interest. Isn't, uh, the I think they're saying that for currency, it's yeah. 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 principal, uh, principal plus interest, you know, in May, 50% will be impossible. You know, just interest alone may be 25%, you know, and if you take principal consumer in 10 percent Obviously, this month, you know, if you take interest alone, you may get to 40 to 50%. If there are borrowers A who have understood this, B, they have also realized that they have the money to pay, and C, they know that if they yeah, some of the interests now, then, you know, let them and they can finish their own faster and maybe there will be a point, like if they want to top off your right? Then obviously the company in the last minute is going to be first year, you know, uh, interest to now, right? Then we'll give an additional you know, 10,000 mm-hmm. dollars. You better pay the first day 3,000 of interest due or whatever, you know, 3,000 rupees. So, uh, between all of these points, obviously the selection efficiency, the percentage of interest may go up, will go up. It may take whatever, but even now, in you say you'll get 50, 70% Yeah, thank you. Uh, can you, sir, give me the, uh, some uh, data on the industry? What is the total outstanding uh, loan, uh, maybe as of March? The last number I remember was around 2 lakh crores. And, and the number of weak uh, uh, loan uh, participants. So, so, our latest uh, micrometer will be out uh, in the next few days. The draft was ready. So, according to that, the universe of all borrowers is 2,31,000 crores for portfolio outstanding. Sorry, actually, 2,31,000 is it? 31,000. 231. 231. Okay, and unique borrower uh, is about 58.2 million now. It has shown about approximately close to 30% rise over a year on year. This is slower than the earlier rise of 35, 38%. Now, it's a bigger base. Okay, my uh, my second question is uh, is based on the experience of what uh, happened in Assam. Uh, it did come to light that uh, you know some part of the exposure 
it goes to some sort of a consumption loan not the entire uh, loan that is given uh, is 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 actually productive uh, any any idea on how much is this and just a related question when i look at the average ticket price of northeast in general i mean including say bengal assam and all the even smaller states they seem to be substantially higher than the national average and their per capita gdp is so much lesser uh so it seems like you know a lot more uh uh you know loans have gone there for consumption just your comments on how uh, on both these uh, issues you see in a sense for instance yes there are probably more loans to come rbi rules by the way are 50% for investment 50% for consumption so uh, in the, in this case and self reportedly it is probably 75% for investment and 25% for consumption Even if it is 50% from consumption, which is possibly true, huh? it uh, it didn't matter if people could pay back their loan, right? They, uh, and so, in the time they are okay, they are paying back their loan at a bundle loan, bundle loan. It's when time suddenly got tough and everything blew up, and uh, that's why you know the importance of banks and others also playing the same rule. But you know, if 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 anything goes wrong, then everybody suffers, including banks. So consumption loans are there to stay. Even now, these investments on top of loans and emergency loans will be for some probably consumption loans. Exactly the same. You need something else, but you are a good borrower, and you think you can pay it back. So that's why we have to each company to have a relationship with its borrower and have a down payment check. Because if the loan goes bad, you are not going to recollect, repay, not get any recollection back. Right, right. How much social pressure are you going to put on your loan? You know, you will do so much. Correct, correct. So just connected to this, given the lockdown, uh, you know, if if the lady has not been able to, uh, you know, continue with her business or whatever uh, job she was doing uh, with the money, and there was a, you know, a large part of consumption, I mean, it it almost means that you know you need a significantly larger top up to actually get the lady back into business. Uh, but uh, they may be very close to the, you know, limit that have been set. So do you think the limit itself needs to move up now? No, not really. There is still earlier the average loan is thirty one, thirty two thousand rupees. You need to do three loans, ninety six thousand. The difference is one lakh twenty five thousand. And some particular amount has been paid back to each of these lenders. So you know, even if they say eighty five thousand, lot of money available. The question is how much can you borrow with? You know, that is a bigger question. You know, she can technically take up to one point two five lakh loan. And it's not more in a sense. For example, you know, it's because none of them for the CRM bundle alone get one lakh loans and stuff like that. So, answer is that who, what is the repayment capability? So, people can ask for loans and somewhere the other just some extra loans and put one lakh is giving you one point two five lakh loans, but how will you get the money back? Right, right. We are giving the loan to somebody who is, uh, you know, already you know, finding it difficult to pay back X amount. उटलीउंड So you only give it to people, for example, whose loans are about to end, who are now in the third cycle, for example. Right? You have a good relationship, and you, they also have a good relationship with you, and they are willing to pay back, for example, who took the trouble to pay back all their interest, all their principal, even or even today, as of the first September, they are completely free, or one installment they are funding, and will finish the loan. Then obviously you will give them the thirty-five thousand rupees. Otherwise, I mean, you would not probably do this if you, if you know you are not even getting back. And as I said, there is no other way of getting it. Actually, you are not going to file a suit. You know, I mean, anywhere else, correct? Right. So, has 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 Ensign as a body done any stress test on what is the possible NPA? Should uh, should microfinance companies raise capital to weather the storm? We are seeing banks uh, going very aggressively in raising capital. Have you done any stress test uh, for the industry? No, we have not done a stress test because. Each company has its own, you know, capital choices. What they can do. So for us, capital is not the step; it's the liquidity in cash in hand. There we've done some analysis that say if nobody got the moratorium and collection efficiency slowly grow, but even then, uh, by August, many of the small and medium ones will be in serious trouble. Now, if they didn't get any back-to-back moratorium, they didn't get any loans. 
some of the bigger ones would also be in some amount of trouble. You know, so if you just look at the estimated income they are likely to get and estimated support from their lenders, including collections and the cash outflows, even without fresh dispersals, which is the staff and the offices going, they would uh, be in trouble. So is the industry asking for any relief? We asked for lots of relief. We've also got a little bit. In which other industry has got this? You know, literally, which other industry has been named by both the RBI and RBI government and the finance minister in such detail? You know, for example, small industry. If you think about it, there was the hotel and the restaurant industry, you know, who are much bigger. Right, right. Or the tourism sector. So, we've got something, but what we wanted, we have not got, which is simply a direction to all banks and mudra and advance to just please give a back to back note. And this, for example, this partial credit guarantee thing is a very complicated way. Some and we, only the bigger ones will first issue the free paper, then that paper will be bought by the public sector bank, not even the private sector bank. Then the public sector bank will give it to the government for some partial sales guarantee. It's a very complicated way of, you know, trying to uh, support uh, enterprise. The simpler than is okay, all, if you are SBI, SBI government director, whoever you have given a loan to, you please give them a moratorium. If so long as they are extending for the moratorium, they are fine with time. Uh, if you look at an, uh, at an industry level, uh, I think a third of the industry's assets uh, are to borrowers who have, uh, uh, you know, three or more uh, number of loans, right? Uh, so the question really is... Not really, uh, but yes, there are there are, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, so the average loan people have taken is about 1.7 loans per borrower, I understand you. Yeah, obviously that's the average. So uh, some would have taken more than two, some would have taken three. Agree. Please go ahead. Yes, but if you look at the credit bureau data, uh, I think by value, because obviously the borrowers have taken three loans, uh, uh, while the average number of loans is 1.7, I'm saying the cohort of borrowers have taken three loans. Mm. By value, because the efficacy is higher, constitute a bigger chunk of industry's assets. So my question is more around uh, uh, the health of uh, uh, A, the smaller MFI lenders, because somewhere, if there is a liquidity withdrawal, uh, doesn't that compound uh, the problems for the borrowers? So one is that, and second thing is uh, uh, likewise the health. And you know, and you also spent the capital allocation levels of some of the VCs. Uh, and how do you think about the arrangement between uh, uh, you know lenders and VCs, where uh, several VCs provide uh, first loss guarantees? Uh, so how do you see uh, you know that tension is all this is, uh, given that this has been an unforeseen event? So, for the first question, yes, for the smaller borrowers, you know, who are in uh, liquidity side, they have to take seven taking drastic steps, you know, salary cut to 30%, you know, postponing everything else, you know, negotiating for lower rent. So, uh, they are having to do scramble in every possible way to, you know, control the market. You know, for example, they are the ones who used to always be charging at the highest end of the RBI 2.75 times formula. Right? Uh, but that 2.75 has come down now slightly. So they are facing problems because they are not bound by the other formula of cost of funds for 10%. Their cost of funds are even much higher. So they are the ones who are suffering the interest rates having to come down too. And actually their lenders haven't lowered their interest rates. The average of the five biggest banks may have lowered their interest rates, but um, those five biggest banks are not listing lenders to microfinance. So that is a challenge for a small medium one. The uh, uh, second question that you asked, which was about... Uh, just to uh, continue on this point, uh, and I think to allude to, I think, what Shreedhar earlier asked on the call, uh, so would that mean that uh, to pick up the slack in terms of disbursements, you need uh, uh, bank MFIs to basically substantially gain market share and uh, step up disbursement? Because ultimately, if the liquidity withdrawal... No, no, but the disbursement isn't a problem. See, nobody is doing much disbursement right now. Right, you are only dispersing the emergency from top of loans to prove our regular track record. So at the moment, disbursement is, is very small. Here in September or October, when you've got a subset by that time, at least the big MFIs would not be, um, would, would be reasonably slash in liquidity. They would all the TLTR money and all the money that is done about in the money and they would have issued the partial credit guarantee. You know, so they not, uh, and they would have also survived, you know, there were some good connections, etc. So, and even in September, you're not going to hit the level of monthly disbursement that you are hitting, say, February or January. Right? You're not going to outgo and the disperse everybody. You know, you're also going to sort of build it up, but obviously you will do so. Uh, and then it will depend on your um, 
existing customers, what good relationship you have. So therefore, if a bank has a better customer connection than a large enterprise, then uh, and the bank is charging a little lower interest rate and very much, then obviously the, uh, you might be able to, uh, the borrower might prefer to borrow from the bank for the next loan. The really big loan, the regular 25, 30, 40, 50,000 rupee loan, as opposed to the 10,000 top of loans, which is all that's going to happen now. So you don't, um, so we see, it is not an issue in month because liquidity will be there for the bigger players, the first in September or October will not be so bad. Because again, we are going to be diverting so much money. You ask me the question of VCs and banks. You see, so far the FLDG of 5% or 6% has never been invoked. Then nobody ever crossed 5%. Right? So now, of course, this is the whatever, post-major event in some sense, I doubt, you know, even now I doubt that the, you know, this thing will cost 5 to 6 to 8 to 10 percent. In some cases, yes, in some VCs it might cost about 5 percent um, at the end of the year, but not that many. And if they did, then like, that's what the capital is for, right? They will, you will be doing, if they're doing very well, and the VCs are doing well in their relationship with multiple times. And, you know, for the VCs, they will take the extra effort to ensure that Losses don't happen because they are on the line for it. No? And on capital, maybe capital is sitting in the bank and uh, sitting in its balance sheet, but it will be easier to pay right? if you lose, uh, if you get it. So I'm sure the BC would be more careful, and uh, also the banks would be, uh, in some sense, more understanding because for banks, this is a, almost a golden goose. Short of credit card interest rate, where else can they get the high interest rate? No, so if, if this is generally report key, they know certain no, loans should be restructured, especially the RBI gives the permission for loan restructuring. No, so that, no, I'm sure in certain cases that banks and VCs would, wouldn't mind restructuring a person's loan if they think she can reach it. So, so far it hasn't crossed 5% ever. What might happen though is the banks might demand as a precautionary measure that please increase the FLDG from 5 to 6. Say, if I was a bank, I'd say this, you know, and when I renegotiate my contract for the coming year, I would expect the FLDG to work from 5 to 6, and therefore, you need to give me a little bit more money in parking to sell in hotel. So, there's going to be these minor things. So, I think BCs who are not 100% BC subsidies like investing in BFIs, but regular BCs or BCs or multiple banks should be able to manage this. So, what is your sense in terms of credit loss for the entire sector? Uh, if we compare with the past events like uh, APNFI crisis or demonetization? It's not very clear. First of all, the loss haven't been booked. You know, it's not only a standstill, right? The is a standstill. You cannot even book it because the government said that. You can't even show it as a loss in the credit bureau. So it's not very clear right now. You can only know a better answer in end of September and in October and stuff like that. Second, um, even in earlier cases, eventually the people paid back their loans. Most of them paid back most of them. Even in Terlai's plants or Price loans or even in Demont. Right? And five, six months later, people paid back the loans. Why is that able to grow so much after Demont? It was able to absorb the credit loss and, you know, people just pay back. And yeah. that period, for that financial year ending, you know, 16, 17, there was a huge problem. You know, so it may be that in the, this financial year ending 21, there may be a problem. Although Demon was in November and October and this is in August, so there is three more months to build that kind of thing, so it may be a problem. But the downside risk is that if COVID spreads, if things get worse for the economy, you know, if the migrants cannot even go back and there's nothing for them to do and there's no extra income beyond basic food and basic necessity, you know, you don't know what is going to happen. So that's why this is uncertainty is level is higher. But the resilience of the sector is also higher. The industry is bigger, it has, you know, people have been longer with the industry, the customers have been longer with us you know, as borrowers, they understand the importance of keeping the industry, uh, you know, uh, MFIN is more resilient, uh, political activities have reached out, you know, reach out to politicians, media, etc. The government is aware of microfinance. So, relatively speaking, the microfinance industry today is better, uh, more stronger and more capable to weather such large disasters, potential disasters. Then it was say four years ago. And every year it is getting stronger. Even a family managed to weather finally. So the uh, point really is that if the entire economy and the health system of the country crashes, then all bets are off of this. They are all off of everything, including your job or my job. 
Maybe nobody is also laughing. But let's assume that that doesn't happen. Then it should be okay because it's a no, rural India is still having its regular income, so they're happening in urban economies also pick up. And we weather this, you know, whatever the second wave also is weather, because there will be a second wave in July, obviously, that was also okay. Like September, October, if you can survive, then it should be okay. Obviously, you won't get 50%. <laughs> but we won't have minus. I, I would be very confident to say that even if collections, I believe, are there, um, you know, this uh, this thing, but the industry is not going to contract in portfolio. You will know, make one of the rare industries in India which are not being minus. Sure, sure. And so secondly, uh, in the last four to five years, we have seen uh, a lot of microfinance companies becoming banks. And uh, since uh, during this time, the small finance bank, the uh, universal bank, some of the MFIs were taken over by, by banks. Uh, so, uh, large part of market share is with the um, bank or SSB. And MFIs are, I think, around 30% of the overall market now. Uh, uh, so, so, so if you look at going forward, given especially over next uh, six to nine months, the liquidity position of MFI will be constrained. It is likely to be uh, the market share gain for the other participants uh, are likely to be much higher in, uh, over next uh, uh, at least next one year. And probably the trend of MFI becoming banks may accelerate going forward. Do you think so? That is likely to pay More MFI is applying to be SFB is likely to happen. Because of, at an untapped license. But in this year, since survival is so critical, you as a bank get to do all the foods and dumps to all the things that the RBI requires you to know before you submit your application to the SSB. But a year from now, yes, some would have applied to the SSB in this COVID end happened, and obviously some would apply this year. And the, if I would apply it, you would have become SSB by the end of the year. So next year, when say four or five will apply, two or three will become SSB by the end of next year. So, in the medium term, yes, the ratio, but in the short, see, here and now, you know, banks will be growing, but also, yes, large MFI, then you can capitalize, there is enough liquidity, you know, the top 10 biggest shares, they still go, and they still manage to build there, you know, they will not, you know, sort of ensure that they are doing work. What might happen, as it's come out in the papers, is some of the medium ones might conservate among themselves, or something one will buy a medium one out, you never know. Six months, eight months from now, no? or a bank also might decide to buy one or two things. But even for the bank, you know, taking all these investment calls and capital acquisition calls is not going to be easy. You know, they have so many other battles to fight. You know, so if I was the board, if I was the CEO of a medium-sized private sector bank, you know, buying an NFI will only add a little bit more to my uh, profitability, but the but given the sort of bandwidth that I have to deal with any other challenges, this is simply too low in a priority this year. And since NFI will also be, you know, the finances will be not very clear to make out how much actual connection is, how liquidity is. So this year's finances will be a bit of a mess. But next year when things are better and, and, and things are better, then obviously, you know, the weaker NFI or the smaller ones might get taken over. And the stronger ones will certainly apply to the SLG. So this ratio of 32% in 2022 will certainly fall. In 2021, it will not fall so much. Sure, sure, sure. That's it for my side. Thank you. Sure. So, okay. so what I want to ask this question, who is sort of telling you guys that we are getting collection efficiency of 50, 60, 70%? That's so strange. So have you heard it very clearly from some uh, companies? Because that is so, then that's a very interesting point. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take that, uh, uh, sir, uh, this is Karthik here. Uh, so, uh, a lot of the uh, listed players uh, who have done a few uh, recent investor calls uh, have sort of indicated that the election efficiency in the first two, three weeks of, two weeks of uh, June, let's say, uh, is closer to 50%. Uh, I mean, all the listed ones, let's say, uh, are around that ballpark ball uh, number. Maybe. You know, I, it's difficult to say, honestly. That's why I said, China place is very difficult to believe. It will be 50%, total of 50%. It will be in excess of 25, 50%. And if you, if you just take collection as a percentage of interest, maybe 50%. But interest is difficult. Hmm. That will be too much in June to expect. 
अभी तो यार है ना ऑफिस पीपल one of the things which keeps getting highlighted in uh, a lot of these discussions uh, is that uh, because maybe 50 60% of the borrower business is could have been essential in nature through this period their actual incomes have not been as disrupted as some of the other uh, uh, let's say medium scale businesses uh, uh, due to the lockdown uh and and so uh the ability to actually bounce back has been much better and quicker uh and secondly the overall impact of lockdown in rural areas has been much lower and there there hasn't been too much disruption of economic activity uh so a combination of these two reasons is what has been quoted as the most uh likely reason why there's been such a uh, immediate bounce back in relationship so i believe obviously the rural india has been less affected in urban india that is in tourism trade and certainly in may and even in june but you know going forward it will be messy as more and more migrants return home as covid is spreading as reading articles that districts which never had a covid case you know has been you know more and more districts having a covid case not be like bombay and delhi but it's still there yeah and therefore and the other part is of course that you know there is the you know migrants so back home that extent some is not there how much government will be spent So obviously, routine like life activities are taking place, and, but the extra that allows you to buy something or something may or may not be there. Be there in some places. So that's one part. That the you know borrower income hasn't got dramatically worse in rural areas is a correct point. But in that thing, how many of them are paying back to all their borrowers? Because in certain districts, the nation is not the entire industry. So let's say if you have two, uh, if two people are lending to you, if you have two lenders, you might pay back one because you are closer to finishing with that share. So you may have to pay back one because you are closer to finishing with that share. So it could be for some borrowers, you know, if you have a good relationship with the borrower, you pay back. Obviously, prefer to pay them over the other person. But for the whole industry to pay this is um, difficult. You know, for principal plus uh, interest. For the month of you know June, because if you are paying June, it is based on May income, right? June that in May India was doing so very well that people could afford to pay 50% of June, you uh, know, uh, collection because June collection is a very expensive income. It is a bit too difficult to believe, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for the whole industry. Yeah, yes, in certain pockets, May income would have been good, and certain people have understood the benefits of paying off in interest. ंबर Um, are you saying that they've changed that in 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 May and June to just collect principal? I guess you can change that digitally uh, because I, I guess for the guys on the ground, it's there's no discretion, right? It's the amount is the amount. You are 125 rupees this month or this, or this week. Please pay that, and then you're sort of current. So, are you saying that on the fly okay. they change that collection amount? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. So you see, when you go to a borrower, when you explain all this to her. You know, you encourage her to pay the full amount, and you know, therefore, when she says I can't pay the full amount, then you negotiate that at least pay the interest. So your current pay the interest, and your interest is not zero for every half a year. Ah, and then the third option is you can't pay three months of interest from April to June, you know, or whatever, you know, March April to May. Then you have to pay two months, you know. So you would obviously, uh, you know, do uh, it. You are not going to get to three months installment of April to June. From March April, maybe we paid in June. Huge. Yeah. 
that's why I said to pay principal or even to pay the full, it's a major installment to June. Because it's a lot of money and the June. So, if you're going to pay, you can't see it. They don't see borrower understands the difference that interest is really accumulating and it is not less. So, then okay, please pay the interest amount with your current with the amount of your and you're not showing anymore and you will, this won't increase and you will not have to, the loan can never not extend it, etc, etc. Uh, but the problem with that argument is, if I was a local politician, this is very easy to explain that you don't exploit it. Jitna do unke paas pesa tha, wo pati nahi hai. So, sir, you know, there's a downside to this also. Uh, you know, this can be necessary if you are going to, you know, say, okay, if you have only April, May, 10th, rest, so whatever you have now, you give it. And, you know, I'm the first one to get the next company you can, so that you won't be able to get it. You will be frustrated if that guy starts with second degree one month, if you could give, if you could company A or bank A two months of interest, you would just give me one month, no? Third class who comes, you know, will give go nothing, then he will plead and beg and do something and demand something, you know? So, it's not a very good recipe for sustaining operations that feel like to keep borrowers happy. Right. No? So, and therefore, you know, in HRO attention, you would advise people do not try and do too much of this because, you know, the first guy will benefit in some places. So, the first guy will be the second guy in some other place. <coughs> and maybe the third guy in a third place. You know, then, you know, if, he, if, he, if his staff goes there and uh, she has nothing to pay, then she will obviously complain to him to arrest for that. He will say, two people are going to take it. And then, he will reach out to him. So, what do you do? So, if you are setting up for an industry-wide or at least a local level, you know, challenge. All local politicians and I think that will do them, you know, argue this case to despite the RBI giving a moratorium, who are these guys to demand, you know, the payment, you know, because for sure moratorium is nothing, there is no payment, no interest, no principal, you know, that is a reasonably understanding of politicians. Officials might understand this all very well, but it doesn't make it, on top of that, if you create all these incidents, you are just setting yourself up for more problems. Yeah, understood. Sorry, one, one last one, Hashem. Please. Just on GLG, do you expect that model to be sort of, how is it going to be? Have you seen any examples on the ground? It will have to change. Yes, it will have to change. You see, the idea of, you know, five women coming together, doing a training together, five women, you know, paying up their money together on a certain fortnight, you know, fixed time, may or may not work in the future. But... Yeah. Uh, as they will take the, they will do this individually, and especially if they're sort of more digital payment, or they're going to, or the, the, the selection for office is not even intended, and you go into the house, carry to my house, no? So, for example, you sit in one corner and people will come and train individually back, no? One by one. But the idea of the joint liability in your liability together will still happen, because you wouldn't lend a fresh lending to anybody. Uh, until you are sure that she is part of a group. Mm. Right, you know, yes, obviously you are doing individual lending to some few people, but that's for a last loan, but it's a higher capital loan. Or it's 25,000, 30,000 if you loan. Or if you are a good customer, it means she will need you for five years. Then you only have to give her 50,000 rupees in the third cycle, or fourth cycle, then you wouldn't mind because you have your own one-to-one relationship with that borrower. Then you don't have to go to your member of the JLG. But, if you are talking to the first or second time borrowers, you will still want the comfort of a JLG even if they physically don't have a JLG. Now, how do you make that happen will be a challenge, but otherwise there is no guarantee, right? If she is a new to credit person or only the second loan and you give only 25,000, kind of hope that the other people around her will sort of keep her motivated to keep paying. Right. So, so net of net basically sounds like it's going to, I think the changes in this is probably absolutely in the call as well, are going to not disproportionately be positive of larger banks, right? Talking about larger loan sizes, more digital collection, lower cost of funds, uh, better so collection methods on the ground. So, of so course, the bigger ones will be bigger, right? Between the bandhans yes, and the, you know, that, the very small ones. Yeah, that is true. Uh, the bandhans and others in the large banks will do this and they'll move to the, which in the very long run is what any of the microfinance will involve, right? right? So, right, 10 years yeah. from now, you're going to assume that, you know, Everybody will have such a strong, there will be such a strong digital infrastructure, there will be such a strong, you know, credit history that, and people will take a one lakh rupee loan and be, and will figure out a way to pay it back. But then, problem of that is that there is still no collateral. Right? 
So even if you are taking a one lakh loan, you know, without the collateral, how are you going to ensure repayment? Mm-hmm. So you are still back to having a group model to provide the social collateral. So it really only works if you really trust the person and you think that you can do because if suppose that person who gives one lakh loan is giving a digital repayment that you know bigger bank say a bandhan or whoever else. If that mm-hmm. person defaults, what exactly are you going to do to get your eighty-three thousand four hundred rupees back mm-hmm. from that guy? Right. So, so therefore, the microfinance model and the women coming together, and especially the newer and the first time or the second time or you know, they should be around that. Because the growth is still happening. But as I said, yes. But then you have to do better credit test. You know, see why? What does it also mean? If you're lending someone sixty thousand rupees. You jolly well better do a you know far more vigorous credit assessment. Not just mm-hmm. six months, you know, check the exercise credit bureau and say, is the goal on there? Can I do the first loan? Because of twenty five, fifty thousand, you won't really mind, you know. Mm-hmm. You know the loss, you know, anyway, most of it gets covered back, and it's a small amount. But, but if you have three staff and your own capabilities to assess your borrower's repayment capability, it better be very good um, to be able to get uh, if you're going to advance fifty thousand, sixty thousand, twenty five thousand, right. and even bundle. For all these things, suffered in a time, right? I mean, they also mm-hmm. spend it, and even if they said, "Yeah, you give you a one lakh twenty-five thousand rupee loan, you give us twenty-five thousand rupee back." No, mm-hmm. all, all those tricks in the trade also, they also suffer, no? They have to make provisions to fund the secure. So this for a time. So isn't uh, you know that bigger is always better? Then it comes to this class of borrowers whom there is no collateral, mm-hmm. because otherwise you become like a public sector bank. You know, who technically have to lend it only 12 percent or 8 percent, but they're not mm-hmm. never lending no? because they don't keep the lending for anything. They never get it back. But the whole business of lending and getting it back, mm-hmm. then, uh, uh, you have to get it back in a way. You know, that you can actually get it back without having any trouble. Thanks, uh, everyone, for joining. Thank you, sir, for your time. Uh, you've been really patient in answering all the questions. Very insightful. Thank you. Thank you very much.